This episode is brought to you by Klaviyo.com. It's an email marketing tool that I've been using for the past year or so with my marketing clients. And what I like about it is that it can integrate with a shopping cart or the history so that it's easy to segment, optimize, and personalize, and even measure your email marketing campaign. So besides of the basic e-commerce email flows like cart abandonment, upsells, winbacks, and all that stuff, you can also retarget people on Facebook that haven't opened your email campaigns to get them to come back to your store, which is pretty cool. And that's just one of the many things that Klaviyo can do and why thousands of store owners have used them. So check them out for free today, clavio.com, uh, K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com. And it's free for your first hundred users, so make sure to sign up for that today. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Terry Lynn here, Travis Marziani. And today we're going to talk about Travis's launch strategy for his new Kickstarter slash product, Performance Nut Butter. What's going on, man? Yeah, so a lot of cool things. So first off, I guess one of the big updates I have is uh, the strategy, and I think I've talked about this, uh, maybe I haven't on this podcast, definitely talked about it on my YouTube channel, but it is that basically I'm going to interview uh, different people that are influencers in the health fitness space, try to hopefully uh, get to know them a little bit and then send them some free products and hope that they reciprocate by sharing it with their audience. And this entire week I've locked out to do a bunch of those interviews and it has been going amazingly. Like I, I love doing this one, I'm making a lot of really cool connections and I'm meeting a lot of people I've been dying to meet for a long time or dying to talk to. In fact, tomorrow I'm actually going to be interviewing two people that have been on the Tim Ferriss podcast before as guests. So that's pretty, pretty dope. Dave Camarillo, who is a jujitsu practitioner, which I also happen to be interested in jujitsu. And also Dom D'Agostino, who happens to be like the guy when it comes to the ketogenic diet. So if I can get Dom D'Agostino to appear in my Kickstarter video, and maybe it's just like a, a 20 second testimonial on the benefits of the ketogenic diet, that would be huge. Yeah, you sh- you've probably been flat to go meet him wherever he is just to get like that 20 second video would be pretty cool if you would do that. Yeah, and that, that's what I think I'll ask him on the call, like, you know, tell him about my product and be like, look, I would love to uh, have you just talk about the ketogenic diet and the benefits in this. Uh, I, I don't know how I'm going to handle it if I, if I offer him money or if I let him bring up that. Or I think, to be honest, based on what I know about him, he'd probably do it for free just to promote the the ketogenic diet, but we'll see. Yeah. I would just be like, Hey, here's a new product I'm trying out. Can I send one to you when I'm ready? And then see what he says after that, I guess. Like, I like if he hasn't tried it, I don't know if anyone will put their name behind him. They haven't tried yet too. So no. Yeah. I just, I think I'd want to tell him like, Hey, I'm going to send you this free thing. You know, if you like it, um, I'd love to talk about potentially getting a short endorsement, either about the product or uh, just about the benefits of the ketogenic diet. But anyways, that's a lot of details that we don't need to go into just yet. But I've got a whole launch strategy and it's still developing. It's not like a, it's not a static thing by any means. Yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, so I guess for me, I started my PLAs slash Google Shopping, um, but impressions are super low, like only 60 for the past week. So I got them set up right after we recorded last time, which is like what, a week or two ago? So I think I had my CPCs at like 50 cents and then does nothing. So I bumped it to a dollar. And then the other day I messaged you, there was still nothing. So I bumped it to $2, but there's still nothing. So I don't know if it's uh, my negative keywords because I started with like 1,800 or something like that. Like all this, like the free education or like, you know, stitching, how to stuff like, like pretty much generic keywords that you know that you don't want. But I don't know if that's too broad that it's nailing out the exact match or like the low volume ones that's just shutting them out too. So. 
I don't know. I mean, I could take all of those negative keywords out and just let it run with it and then filter it that way. But I feel like you could lose your money a lot. Yeah, you'll lose your money way too fast. Um, I just double check all your negative keywords. I've in the past, and maybe you've already done this, but I've in the past accidentally had one negative keyword in there that like, like for instance, let's say I'm doing like red jazz pants and then I, I forget that I had the negative keyword of jazz pants and I'm like, oh, well, no wonder this isn't getting any impressions. Or like jazz music or something like that, right? And then... Yeah, potentially. Yeah. Or because well, the, the reason that happened for me is originally we were selling dance skirts, but we weren't selling Irish dance skirts. So I put that as a negative keyword. I put Irish as a negative keyword. But then we started selling Irish dance skirts and I still had that Irish there and I forgot about it. Um, so just make sure that nothing got slipped in by accident. I mean, I was thinking about taking all the keywords because I have this new ad account where like if you spend 25, they give you 100 bucks. So I could just blow 25 and see what happens in a day. And then, I mean, they, I'm gonna get a hundred bucks anyways. Cause they only have until like March, I think to use this coupon. So I might as well just do that for like two days and then see what happens and then shut it down again or bring the keywords back in too. But I don't know. I think a lot of just experimentation, I guess, with this stuff. I was just surprised that there was no impressions cause I pretty much had my product feed, you know, pretty good keywords in there. I did like the left to right thing, you know, all this stuff, images, good descriptions and all that stuff. So. I wouldn't get rid of all your negative keywords. Maybe just get rid of a few that you're like iffy on. Yeah, because there were some that were like like fleece jacket and I would take jacket out because fleece is a material that I use. So I was kind of conscious to not do that. But there may be one or two that I missed that maybe I've just locked everything. Because I think most of them I had, I just did broad, like one word negative keywords. So it's probably going all over the place, casting a huge net too. And it's got to like pull the net back a little bit see what happens or i mean if, if you're willing to just try blowing the money bring that bit up to three dollars see you know maybe you're in a more competitive market than i am and just see what happens i don't know i should raise the bid until say it's like i don't know five and there's still nothing then it's obviously something with the keywords then yeah because even if it's five i don't see people playing paying more than five dollars for a blanket this doesn't make any sense like for that product all right so let's get into today's episode so performance nut butter launch plan where do we start with this yeah there's a lot going into it so man it's been complicated uh so the big thing is like i said those influencers i'm, I'm trying to get them on board and the strategy has been i guess i'll just walk through step by step everything i've been doing well, well actually before we do this what are the main products you want to launch with the only product i'm going to launch with is the performance nut butter and i, I still don't want to give away the exact formula but that should give some idea of what it is that it's going to be um and you know if you want to find out more and get some updates about it performancenutbutter.com and i've got my the lead page you can see my lead page and it's not great right now at the time of this recording my lead page as terry very well knows isn't the best i am using lead pages uh dot co or dot com or dot net yeah lead pages dot net and i just wanted to put something up and so one of the other strategies i'm doing is using follow liker on my personal instagram page and there's like a twofold effect here so basically what's going to happen is uh, the follow liker is a software and there's also Instagress, which is another common one people use. I ended up going with follow liker because you can get a, a multi-account license for, I think it was like $79 or $77 or some weird, you know, whatever number. And Instagress is, it's $10 a month per account. And I want to, I have my personal account. I have B Dancewear and I also am going to create a, a performance nut butter account. Plus I have some other potential accounts that I would use this follow liker thing for. You could do like a niche account, like a performance, like non nut butter related account, but like a ketogenic diet account. And then occasionally plug the nut butter stuff in there too. So you have like multiple niche. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, I'm, 
Yeah. The, so there's a ton of stuff to do. So I, I realized it was cheaper rather than doing uh, five months for five different or five, one months for five different accounts. I would just buy this one license. And the cool thing about the software is it runs from your computer versus Instagress is on well, there's, there's pros and cons. Instagress is on the cloud, which is nice in some ways. This one runs on your computer, which is nice in some ways. Um, so there's no re- reoccurring fee, basically. But the way it works for anyone that doesn't know is basically it just goes out and it follows people as my account, likes their photos, leaves comments, etc. And then the hope is those people come back to my account and f- follow me in return. And two things happen at that point. One, if they follow me, great. I have more followers on Instagram and I can post in the future when this product launches. But number two is in my bio, which you can check out if you go Travis.Marziani, I think it is. Yeah, Travis.Marziani. No, I think it might just be Travis Marziani. It's just the Instagram. Type that in. You'll you'll find me. Uh, anyways, in the bio, it says, it explains what I'm doing with this whole performance nut butter thing. And it says, if you want to win free samples or free boxes of it, plus get updates, go to performancenutbutter.com. So, you know, once again, for anyone listening, go to performancenutbutter.com, enter your email, and I'm not going to send out a ton of emails, but I'll give little updates on the process of what's going on. So the hope behind all of this is that when I do finally launch the product, I'll have an email list of a few hundred or thousand people and I can email them kind of similar to what Terry did. And I can email them and say, Hey, uh, the product's out now. Like, if you want to, if you want to go I buy it. It still takes a long time to like set up at first, but then once you got it set up, it's like the structures in place. You just gotta like dump water on this thing and then catch people's emails and all that stuff too. Yeah, and another thing, I think that I, I was having a lot of anxiety around uh, starting the whole performance nut butter Instagram account, but then I realized, well, I can just do it for my own personal account, and the the benefit there is. I don't need to uh, put a lot of work into the account because I already have an account. And if I change my mind two years from now and I have a different company, I'll have all those followers. That being said, I still do plan on doing this as a separate performance nut butter Instagram account, but that's just one of my many, many strategies. I think part of the thing starting out too is that when someone sees a real person working on something, it makes more sense than some company brand, I guess, in some ways. Like if you're a one-person show, you might as well take advantage of that, being a one-person show and show people, hey, this is what is, what's going on. But you have a company brand that you can have built up later too. So yeah. I, I think there's cases for both ones, but I think as solopreneurs, probably the first part is the way to go, I think. Because when I look at my two accounts, like my personal one, that's like 18.2, and the other one, now that's at like 20.2, like I get way more engagement on the personal one just because I think it's a real person's face on there. So, I mean, I don't know if that's different when you get bigger or whatever, but it's just kind of the general feel I get, like when people are liking or even just following back, I guess. Like, it's kind of like when someone follows you, you get more tempted to follow back than a company that's following you. And did you use Instagram or did you do it manually to grow your audience? Yeah, I did Instagram. I did manually for the first four or five months and then I used Instagram. So I still use it though. I like, cause I like the targeting options on it too. What kind of uh, options do you use and like, who do you target for your personal brand? Uh, I target the same people as a company, but I target different range of people. So like the company one, I'll do people that have a um, thousand to 5,000 followers. And my personal one, I'll do people that have 100 to 999. So you're not cross-checking the same people, if that makes sense. I guess, yeah. I, I'm kind of curious why 
why those numbers? Why not just say, yo, everyone that has an Instagram or maybe everyone above 50 or something like that? Yeah, because if you go too high, like 10K, like an account with 10K followers won't really care that they got another one. So you want to like get get rid of the most popular ones because they're just wasting an extra follow on them, or at least a lot of them. And the idea is that if I can filter those that have 5,000 to like 15,000 on that one account that has 20, I can then be like, all right, who's following me that I could probably do a JV with that has kind of already been self-selected. Because if you have all in one account, you got to sort through a lot of people, I guess, too. So, And I think most people, like real people, have somewhere between, I don't know, like 100 to 500 followers, I guess. Like your, your average person on Instagram. So I feel like the one-on-one person with that face kind of works. But, but it's, it's still an experiment, so I don't really know if that's the right way to go, but it's just kind of my gut hypothesis that I was trying to test. Yeah, and I know we talked about this before, but remind me, when you were launching uh, the blankets, what? how big of a role do you feel like the email list played in getting the ball rolling on that? Uh, I had around like 600 when I launched, I think. And Damn, that's a lot I more than I, I'm going to get probably. Because yeah, the goal was only 1,000, right? And it was fun in like the first two hours. So I think it was probably all emails. Hmm, okay. Actually. Yeah, we'll definitely have to talk more about yeah. that. I, mean, I, I, can, I, can, I can pull up my chart from Kickstarter and send that to you. Uh, but it was definitely within the first week was like the biggest spike. And then the next two weeks kind of like just sailed until like 3,000 basically. So. And you know a little bit obviously about what I'm doing here. What what could I do to improve it? What could I do to uh, get more emails and get more followers? Because obviously that was a pretty big help for you. Yeah, the first thing is probably just the photo of what the thing actually looks like too because your lead page doesn't have that now, right? So it's like, well, what does this look like like on a piece of bread? Do I eat this with vegetables or, like, you know, like because the like sooner you can get that on, you can, even just, you know, like an outdoor photo of some girl eating it or a video of, you know, hey, here's Travis. I'm Travis. Here's my nut butter. Check it out. Yeah, it's not easy to do, especially. Uh, I mean, unless you find some stock photo to kind of get away with that, but you're not, you know, that's what I did at first. I actually found like a blanket stock photo with some woman in it, but it wasn't what I was going to do, but it was like similar to what it was going to look like, like a blue one. But, um, you know, it's just like a placeholder image for now. So maybe I got to head over to 99designs and get my uh, get my logos and everything going, sounds like. Yeah, something like that. Or you could just use like a placeholder text with some icon for now and then change it when you actually are at that. Because I feel like right now your focus should still be on emails and getting influencers on board too. Like you just put a placeholder text on some jar, like a very simple. Well, it's going to be, yeah, it's not going to be a jar. It's going to be the individual packets. But yeah, I see, I see what you're saying. Uh, okay, I'll definitely think about that. Yeah, though, to be honest, I've been putting off the whole 99designs thing for an unknown reason just because I don't, you know, it's always hard to spend money, but maybe I just gotta, maybe I, it would make my life a little bit easier just to get that now rather than waiting until like the last minute. If you want to do something simple, just have like a text and then have like a peanut or a whatever almond or whatever pecan, like an icon above it. Like just something super simple, like for now until, and then fix it later, like get something more proper too. So, all right, that's, that's good stuff to keep in mind. What about, I, I got another question for you, tips for writing the actual product page of Kickstarter. Yeah, so I think you can look at some other food products to go, but the, generally the store, the formula is like, oh, hey, here's the videos on top, right? And then some one-liner, two-liner summary, and then it's like, you know, what's the problem? How we came up with the solution, introducing the product, and then reward tiers, uh, maybe how it works, some videos, something like that, and then, you know, 
click here, click this right sidebar to start backing us. And there's also always like the manufacturing disclaimer, like, oh, hey, here's where we are with the timeline. Uh, here's what our schedule is, and here's how we're going to ship things, blah, blah, blah. Pretty much it's like the standard thing too. So the only thing is that some of these pages can get really long, but it's also like you don't want to not give enough information, but there's also like too much information at some point too. So I would just look at like maybe like go to the food campaigns, like at the top 10 in the last six months, and then just kind of skeleton copy their um, their landing page in the sense that like how the flow works, maybe some of the infographics they have, and some of the copy, like the way it's written too. So like the thing is Kickstarter, you don't want to have like a full paragraph of text. You want to break it down and like, you know, three, four sentences max, have it, you know, to be breathable and readable for the eyes too. Because I think most people just scroll through the pages. Like they'll go to a page, scroll down. Oh, it looks cool. All right, I'll watch the video and then I'll read the whole thing too. So, Right. Great tips. Yeah, that's a good idea. So I'll, I'll go back to some of the things I'm doing for the launch. And I talked about it already, obviously interviewing these influencers, but I can't, uh, stress how how awesome this has been and how I think it, we'll see how it actually turns out because you know right now everything sounds great but maybe when I go to launch none of those influencers care at all and none of them share my stuff I'm hoping that's not the case but if nothing else they've all been really good at like how do I explain it like there, there's been something like they'll introduce me to someone else or it's just been really cool like the entire process and one mistake that I've been making already and I got to be more vigilant on is not sending like follow up, like thank you emails. I should send thank you emails like a few days afterwards and be like, Hey, it was great having you on the podcast. Uh, you know, whatever. And like, I'll, I'll make sure and send you that first sample when I, when it gets here. You just be like, Hey, can I get your address to get ready to send it to you too? I would ask for it, but I would ask like, Hey, you know, if you don't, can I have your assistance address to mail it to and usually, I think if they don't give you the address, they'll give you their assistance address. I just look at this information now because maybe six months later, some guy is busy or he's traveling. You don't have his address anymore. That's true. Yeah. So I could say, hey, let me get your address. Uh, I don't even have to say your address. I can say, oh, wh what address would you like me to ship uh, the stuff to or something like that? Even just people that aren't necessarily like a perfect fit for my brand have been really nice uh, and giving good advice too. Last night, I interviewed a guy named Stefan Kesting who has a jujitsu channel. And afterwards, he basically said, yo, dude, like, first off, he gave me some advice on how to market it. But he said, yeah, if you want like a jujitsu sponsor for it, I'll do it for free or like just give me free nut butter and I'll do it in exchange. He's like, you know, I, I can tell you're starting out. And like there was an element of like, yeah, I like you and you're a cool guy. So I'll hook you up with a free sponsorship, basically. And I'm like, that's, that's awesome. I think he's, there, there's been a few people I've met. There's been two people or the, no, there's been one person I didn't offer a free sample to just because he didn't like the idea. He didn't like one part of the, the product. And I was like, he didn't hate it, but it was just like, all right. And I could tell he was, he was developing his own supplement brands and stuff. And I'm like, eh, I'm not going to send you a sample. Like I could tell he wouldn't promote it for me basically. But anyways, let me tell you the, the Ben Greenfield story. And I, I've already talked about this on my YouTube channel. Um, but let's get into the details here because I'm really excited about it. So who is this Who is this guy first? Who's Ben Greenfield in case people don't know? I don't know how popular he is. But in the biohacker and like the health and fitness community, he's like a big deal. He's a big influencer basically. And in fact, I, I told a friend about it. And he's like, yo, if you can get on his podcast, podcast, you'll do 10,000 easily just from the one podcast. 
I was at, oh, there's so many cool parts of the story. Sorry, I'm going off on tangents here. But I, I got invited to do neurofeedback training for free and a, get a QEG, get my brain scanned. I've got a picture of it on my Instagram, Travis Marziani. Uh, it's one of the coolest photos I have on my Instagram, in my opinion. Uh, it's one of the ones that, that got the most likes, other than some of my travel ones are pretty baller. They, so what they did is they scanned my brain and they basically saw like what parts of my brain aren't working as they're supposed to. And now they're doing neurofeedback training. So they're hooking my brain up uh, to a computer basically. And I'm training with it. It's a, it sounds more complicated than it is. But one of the days while I was doing my neurofeedback training, I heard Ben Greenfield outside the door and I'm like, you know, I'm kind of excited. I'm like, Oh, I'd love to meet this guy. I'd love to tell him about my product, whatever. Finally, my time's done. I walk out and I see him and he's he's busy in a conversation. You know, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I should respect him and his time. So I leave and then I start walking. I'm like, you know what? Screw it. What's the worst case scenario if I do introduce myself and I do say it? Worst case scenario, he says, nah, get away from me. You know, whatever. Yeah. He just tells you to fuck off. That's the worst case scenario. Right? Like you're not going to die or anything. And it's easy for us saying this now, but trust me in the moment, it was like heart was racing a little bit. I, and so I end up walking up to, you know, he's talking to this guy and I don't want to just interrupt. So I end up standing there for a good, like legitimately two minutes, which feels like a lifetime when you're, it may, may have even been up to three minutes when you're just sitting there awkwardly and they're like, not even like paying attention to me. Finally, I'm like, all right. I'm like, Hey Ben, I just wanted to. And right as I'm doing that, he's actually, I didn't realize it cause he kind of took a break uh, in the conversation, but he's like talking into his phone, like, like doing like talk to text type thing. And he's like, oh, you know, one second, basically. And I'm like, oh, I feel super awkward. And then it's another minute or two before I talked to him. But like slowly the body language starts to shift and they're including me a little bit in the conversation. Eventually I do get to talk to him and I didn't pitch him right away. I was just like, yeah, man, I love the stuff you're doing, blah, 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 whatever. And then one of the people working with Ben comes over, starts asking me about me and the podcast and what, uh, how I make my money. And I'm like, well, I do this e-commerce thing, but I also have this new product coming out. Actually, Ben, you know what? I'd love to get your input on this new product I, I have coming out. I'm calling it a, you know, performance nut butter. And I tell him about all the details and he ends up saying like, yeah, I love it. Like send me some and I'll, I'll pimp it out to my audience. And he was his assistant there with him or how was the follow-up after that? Basically he just said, yeah, just email me. I got to email him too. He's like, just email me and remind me where I met you. And I'm like, so I, I'll email him this week and say, hey. Just, hey, I met you while getting a whatever brain scan, EEG brain scan or. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he'll remember that. Like, cause that's pretty unique. Right? So I feel like a lot of these guys are like, yeah, I'll help you. And then when it comes to the time, he's like, well, it's like, I don't know. It's like getting them to remember that they committed to something. Yeah, no, it, it will be. I think it'll be easier. If I if I follow up somewhat regularly, I think it'll be easier. And if I really try to be like, all right, uh, hey, thanks for coming on the podcast. Here, what's the address for the sample? Then like a month later, ah, oh, here's that sample we talked about. Then a week later, like you know, any feedback? How was it? How did it taste? And then like you know, a month later, being like, oh, we're gonna launch in a week. I'm really excited. Let me know uh, any way, whatever you know, like any way you could promote it would be extremely helpful. No, it, sh- it should be. What do you need? from me to provide you to promote it like graphics copy not like what not like how are you going to promote it you should be like hey i have photos i have videos i have text um what do you prefer i'll draft it for you so that all you have to do is copy paste like you don't you don't want it, you don't want him to think about all this stuff because he's not going to care i think because whenever someone's like oh do this for me i'm like dude i don't care but someone's like copy paste all right cool it's super easy for me that's good yeah that's a good idea 
Yeah, and then one thing you should do, you should have like a media page off the landing page that's private, but like you can download photos and talking points and all this stuff. I think the Minal guys have a really good one. If you go to like, I think Minal, their PR page, they got like this whole, they have like photos of the founders, like a journalist can just copy paste instead of doing some interview to like then do the work and all that stuff too. So like as easy as, easy as possible for them to just copy paste essentially. Because you don't want them to like not do it if there's some friction, right? You want to like reduce that as much as possible too so um so my my ask for this episode is if you are listening to this and you're interested and you want to support uh what i'm doing here performancenutbutter.com i'll slowly be leaking more and more details and obviously there's the youtube channel if you want to find out more of the details as i how i'm doing it but sign up there i'm not gonna you know spam you guys at all but when i do launch it i will be sending out emails about it so would really appreciate that. And it's always cool. I've got my notification set up. So every time I get an email sign up, I get like a little email and it's super exciting to get those emails. Yeah. Have you thought about doing any like paid email signups or like? Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, we'll see. I think for sure if, uh, I don't know, there, I, I might, I probably will. I just, there's so many things I'm doing right now that, cause the, tr- the tricky thing is with these launches is that you don't know the value of an email until you launch, but then, how much do you are you willing to pay per email to find out too? That's like the tricky thing with Kickstarters too because you could assume that, hey, maybe 20% open rate and then 1%, 2%, 5% conversion. But I mean, however, you won't know until you launch too. So that's kind of like a gray zone that you can try. But I, I think you should try showing some paid traffic at it just to see what comes back because it'll, it'll help you later on with your own PPC too. Like if you find stuff at a good click already, you could, whenever you do more paid ads, once, uh, you can apply Once I too. launch the Kickstarter, I'm going to for sure do a bunch of Facebook ads. I think maybe the week or two leading up to it, I might do some, but I think right now it's probably too early uh, just because, yeah, I mean, if I get a, an email right now and I wait two months, that seems like, and wait two or three months to launch, it seems like there's a good chance that they're going to be cold by then. Yeah, but so. you just got to keep them updated every two weeks or something like that. So is that what you did when you got your emails? How often did you email? You email them every few weeks? Uh, I did it once a month. I started collecting in like January and I didn't launch till like April or something like that. So so maybe I'll set up some kind of a, like the funnel where the first email they get is a uh, maybe a, a, a link to my YouTube videos and like, to like hey, you know, if you want to follow the process like in depth, here's a link to the YouTube videos. You can see like every day what I'm doing towards this. I'm hoping to launch it around whatever date and then maybe periodically do like a master email that's like, all right, here's everything you missed in all those videos. That might work. Yeah. And then every email you send after that, either every two weeks, it's just like, hey, here's what I did last week. Here's the video. Here's the update. And then that's it. Like it doesn't have to be too complicated, right? But at least you're getting get pinged in their inbox again and keeping them posted. Because then if you get them to sign up, you don't say anything until April or whatever you launch, then they'll be, what What was this? And then they kind of forget who you were too. So, I mean, if you're doing the videos for your YouTube channel, you might as well just be like, hey, broadcast it to these guys too. So Yeah, and then it'll get some extra views there and it'll kind of snowball. Oh, I'm excited now. I got so much, I got so much to do for this. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. Now, now you know what it's like. But it's exciting too though because like, you like you push 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 and then you have this final launch and then or it turns into the 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 what you call it like the laptop case and then it just that's my I mean that's what's driving me is I don't want I can't let this fail uh, it's just it can't like that's not an option I mean, I mean, that's what makes yeah. it exciting is that you could fail or you could work too and that's the excitement I guess too I guess one of these yeah. things too so yeah 
Alrighty then, I guess that's it for this episode. Thanks guys for listening. Uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Sounds good. See you guys. Thanks again for tuning in this episode. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Clavio, an email marketing tool that lets you make more money with your store through super targeted and relevant email campaigns. So one thing that's cool is that they can analyze your shopping cart, order history, even on-site behavior of your website visitors, and then you can send smarter emails that are more targeted and even personal. So whether that's upselling products to people that have only purchased one ski or getting them to come back again, there's plenty of ways you can make more money by using Clavio. So sign up for them free today at clavio.com, K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com, and it's free for your first 500 users.